Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Astrologer Bill Atride Radio Show. I'm Bill Atride, uh, and today is our my first, uh, my fifth show in 2023. Uh, I haven't been with you for a couple of months because of there are personal and professional responsibilities that uh, kept me from having enough time to do this. But I hope to get back on track and have at least a monthly show, which has always been my intention, um, if not more, given, given conditions on the ground and in the world. Um, but anyways, for today, I thought, given we're moving into that time of the year, looking ahead to 2024, we would look ahead to the indications for 2024 uh, with a particular focus on the United States of America and also look at Joe Biden and Donald Trump's charts. Um, and so I wanted to sort of consider what lies ahead and what we're looking forward to or looking and anticipating uh, in the next many months um, and, and do that in, in the main part of the show. Uh, and of course, after I do that, I'll open up the, the airwaves here and you're all online there. I can see you lined up uh, and call on you and you may have questions for me about the show, about what I talk about today. Uh, and that's great. Or if you want to talk about something else uh, in the world or in your life, we can certainly do that. And if you want to talk about your own chart or someone else's, uh, all I would need then is, um, again, give me, give me your first name, of course, so I know who I'm talking with or I can address you. Uh, and then uh, I need a birth date and a place at the very least. And if you have time of birth, then I can tell you uh, that much more. Um, and so I welcome those questions. And I also welcome any feedback you may have, you can email me at billatride at gmail.com, which is my email, if you want to reach me. Or you can find me on various social media platforms, and my number can always give me a call, too, to inquire about perhaps getting a reading for yourself or looking for guidance in terms of good books to read and things like that, because I have quite a reading library that I love to uh, show people or how give them guidance in terms of exploring spiritual and metaphysical and astrological matters and all that stuff. So I'm there for you if you want to do that. Um, a couple of points about where we are right now, just presently, we just finished our last Mercury retrograde here on September 15th. Uh, so <laughs> we can all breathe a little easier now, though we'll still feel the after effects for a couple of weeks. Uh, and that means the next Mercury retrograde, there's one more this year, four in this year, because we started early in the year. On December the 13th, that'll run to January the 1st. Um, and that's the next Mercury retrograde up in front of us. Uh, Venus, of course, turned direct at the beginning of September. Um, and another thing to look out for coming up here in October, and this is more for you people out west, but of course we'll all have some indication of this happening. Um, there's a solar eclipse occurring on October the 14th, and it will be visible totally in Oregon and Nevada and Utah and New Mexico and Texas and in the Yucatan in, in, in Mexico and partially throughout much of the USA. So something we can look, look for and look at in, in the middle of October there. Uh, and then a lunar eclipse that will happen at the end of October, but that's happening when it's in the afternoon here in the U.S. and therefore not visible to us. It'll be the other side of the world, so um, we won't see that one. Um, again, um, I want to start today by looking at what I think is important for us to all have a clear understanding about, uh, which is what oh, do we have before us here in as 2023 ends and 2024 begins. Um, and I thought I'd do that by taking a look uh, at both the chart of the USA and the charts of uh, Joe Biden and Donald Trump. So 
as I said, it's been about two months since my last show, and I thought we might want to turn our attention to the astrological indications that are there for the USA in 2024. Uh, but of course, we're all very aware that the coming year will be shaped, or maybe better warped, uh, by presidential election politics. And so I will also consider today the current major party candidates for the presidency, the charts of Joe Biden and Donald Trump. And now, now, given that the election is more than a year away, we certainly know that there will be many twists and turns in the tides of history uh, between now and November 2024, so that what we simply cannot imagine or foresee at this present time, what we'll in, we will really encounter then. But it, and it may even turn out that one or neither of these two candidates will end up on the ballot. <laughs> so, but for our purposes today, given we do know, let's see what the year ahead holds generally for the USA and specifically for Joe Biden and Donald Trump. Let's begin with what will certainly be true and consider the chart for the USA. And one of the principal cycles that astrologers use to frame the arc of the life of a person, or in this case, a country, is to consider what's called the progress chart and principally the sun moon cycle, which runs from a new moon to a full moon and then back to the next new moon in a roughly 29 year cycle. For the USA, 2024 will be the, be the year for its ninth progressed new moon. The progressed new and full moon should be understood as framing a cycle of unfoldment for any being. Some of the more meaningful pairings of the new and full moon for the USA were the 1846 new moon, leading to the full moon of 1861 and the U.S. Civil War. The 1965 new moon reached its climax of the full moon in 1979, which led to the turning away from the policies and programs of FDR in the previous new moon of 1935, and also Lyndon Johnson's efforts to broaden the civil rights programs and social, uh, civil rights and social programs in 64 and 65. This expansion of civil rights and of social services were framed and blamed for the inflation and stagnation of the late 1970s. But that economic malaise was really brought about by the unfunded debts from the years of the Vietnam War. It was this turning that formed the counter-revolution to the New Deal and also to the Great Society programs, which was pushed by neoliberals and Ronald Reagan's election in 1980, right after that full moon of 79. The 1994 new moon during the Clinton presidency came to the full moon of 2008 and another debacle with once again the unfunded wars of Iraq and Afghanistan forging a credit market real estate bubble which created what really was the second Great Depression during the Bush presidency. And now we have the present day new moon in 2024 and a new seed of meaning for the USA is being planted once again. What will be the result at the full moon in 2038? Who could say? But we do know is that just as in 1816 or 1846 or 1935 or 1965, we are at a turning and the tides of history are sweeping through the story of America with the promise of new beginnings, which is what a new moon is. And it's up to every one of us to make the most of this opportunity. But we also know that this is the first new moon after the first ever Pluto return in the USA chart. Pluto is located in the second house 
of the USA, the house of value and the wealth of a nation. Pluto rules the will and power of alchemy, and it is this spiritual root power which drives the entirety of creation as the seemingly infinite varieties and hierarchies of energy forms, they combine to grow and transform one another. And it is this engine of creation which forges the many manifestations of spirit in all of the hierarchies of life. The return of Pluto brings to an end the first cycle of value and power in the USA, which means we are equally at the beginning of a new order of value. Indeed, we are at the moment of a major restatement and restructuring of the value of the nation. The value of any nation is fundamentally formed by the power of the people. Yes, it is the will of the people and their alchemy of combination that forms the wealth of a nation. For the first 250 years in the USA, the will of the people through their political combinations, that is their exercise of their capacity for self-determination and freedom, was limited by customs and laws. In the very beginning, the will and power for political self-determination was only held by male white property owners, and not an insignificant part of the property for some of those was ownership of other human beings. But slowly through the decades, this right of self-determination by combination was extended through the extension of the right and capability to vote. It has not been a straight line, and there have been advances and retreats, but the struggle for one person, one vote, and the ability to join together for the common good has made progress over the arc of history. After the great expansion of self-determination by emancipation after the Civil War, the counter-revolution of Jim Crow laws in the South broke the promise of freedom and denied the right to vote to the non-white population, especially in the South. Then, with the granting of suffrage to women, the greatest extension of self-determination was achieved in 1920. And after the civil rights movement of the 1950s and 60s, the reestablishment of the right to vote was extended once again. But lately, we have seen both a legal and operational push to restrict voting rights and the ability to vote, especially, again, after the Supreme Court gutted the Voting Rights Act of 1965-2013. The Voting Rights Act had required certain states those which had had a history of suppressing voting rights, and principally in the South, that they were required to submit any changes to voting policies and procedures to the Justice Department for review. As soon as the 2000 ruling came down, many of those states began to restrict the right and ability to vote. That, along with other measures by those seeking to reassert or maintain the rule of the minority over the majority has once again put into question what form of democracy will exist in the USA. This is why the return of Pluto and the question of the will of who has the power to determine the future of the USA is again driving the story of the USA now. The question is this. Will the majority of U.S. citizens be able to determine the future of this country, or will they not? So it would seem quite fitting, 
and timely, that the major transit in the USA, in the chart of the USA in 2024, is Uranus squaring the USA moon. It is a na- in a national chart, the moon literally rules the people. And each time Uranus makes a significant pass over a point in a chart, which is roughly every 21 to 22 years, there is a shock and release of new formations. The most significant alignments of Uranus to the U.S. moon for the 20th century until now were the conjunction in 1918, the square in 1941, the opposition in 1961, then the square of 1981, the conjunction in 2003, and now in 2024, the next square is what we are faced with. The principle behind Uranus holds that the process of individuation and our experience of freedom, as it moves through any space in a chart and over any element in it, it serves to elicit growth through the breaking up of old patterns and meanings. The Uranus square to the USA moon of 2024 is a waxing square. And we consider the last two times it aligned with the USA moon, we can see that it has coincided with a tremendous shift in the consciousness and actions of the US population. The first waxing square was in 1857 which coincided with the division of the people of the country between those who believed in the equality of human beings and those who believed some humans were destined to be subordinate to others. The second waxing square was in 1941, and in this, the USA was divided between those who wished to withdraw from a world a world war between fascism and freedom, and those who knew and believed freedom is a right that should be safeguarded and extended to one and to all. So here in 2023 and 2024, as Uranus squares the USA moon once again, the people of the USA are going to be shocked in order to awaken the principle of freedom in us for our, from our self-made limitations. We will need to use the many crises we are confronting to remember the promise of America held in our compact with one another and forged by the integral twofold principle of individual self-determination, which is preserved and shaped by our communal responsibilities to one another. That in facing our challenges with and between one another, we turn from the destructive passions of us and them because we choose to be bound by the essential truth of our constitutional covenant, which is to create a society where all may live freely and fairly with one another, and that this principle will guide every person and every form of union and community as we rededicate our purposes to make possible a better future for ourselves and our descendants. Now, As I mentioned earlier, we cannot know for certain what will happen during the next many months leading up to the party's conventions or who will be on the ballot in November 2024. But presuming that the leading contenders today are the choice, let us briefly consider what is happening in 2024 in the charts of Joe Biden and Donald Trump. 
Now, when we consider the chart of any individual, one can obtain a very quick sense of what are the major themes by looking at the most powerful transits, those formed by the three outer planets that are currently in effect for their chart. It just so happens that in 2024, the planets Pluto and Neptune and Uranus are all making strong transits to both Joe Biden's and Donald Trump's charts. For Biden in 2024, Pluto is squaring his moon while trining his Neptune. Now, given the slow-moving nature of Pluto, this double transit is certainly shaping his life here in 2023 and through 2024. The moon rules our emotional life of how we meet and respond to our needs and the needs of others, and most especially concerns those closest to us, our loved ones, our family, and our most important emotional attachments. This Pluto transit is very challenging but it can lead us onto the path of emotional transformation and integration. What is being offered by this intense pressure that Pluto always brings is an opportunity for greater insight into Biden's own emotions and that of his loved ones. Since Pluto rules the will and the lesson of control, Biden will be challenged to maintain self-control, to turn away from any attempt to control another but instead to help himself and any other find their own true path to self-acceptance and self-control. For me, this intense experience is there for all of us to see in Biden's challenge of dealing with his son's legal troubles. The challenge and opportunity for Biden is to maintain, to be maintained being centered and balanced no matter how challenging the circumstances are now as he is faced with the test of emotional self-control, which will foster then determination and a resolute spirit. Meanwhile, Pluto is forming a trine to Biden's Neptune, and this is a very uplifting and inspiring transit. Neptune is the avatar of unconditional love, of spiritual compassion and sacrifice, and Neptune is located in Biden's 10th house, of his public life and career. Biden is being offered a gift to explore a deeper meaning for his life as his spiritual nature is stimulated to explore the true meaning of sacrifice, which means to live a life in a sacred way by giving up the lesser to honor the greater within and around us. He will feel and know at least for himself that what matters now is more important than himself, and that by following the path of selflessness and sacrifice, he is fulfilling his sense, given his Neptune is in his 10th house of career, that his work is not a job, but a calling. As if to magnify, but equally humble him, the planet Neptune itself now is forming a trine to Biden's sun and Jupiter this year, and then to the Sun and Venus, all during 2024. The Sun represents the self, and Jupiter rules our moral compass, and Venus the experience of love. Biden's experience of himself is being shaped in subtle ways, and he finds a deeper spiritual purpose now in his life, a more profound understanding of his moral purpose, and a more inclusive experience of his love for others.
Lastly, Iran is his opposite Biden's Mercury in 2023, but forming a sextile to his Jupiter in 2024. For this year, that means that Biden's mind is being stimulated and shook up as he has been experiencing exciting and stimulating insights, but also finding communications as being very unpredictable, and he will have experienced and will continue to experience several shocks that could throw him off balance. The challenge is to bend as others challenge your way of thinking and to be patient when his insights are not as well received as he thinks they should be. The challenge is to remain open to new ideas and not jump to conclusions or, re- or to respond without some time to consider how best to do that. For 2024, Uranus will sextile Jupiter, and that is most definitely a fortunate alignment. Jupiter is the greater benefic and brings blessings, after all. Often it brings unexpected and good news to an individual. As opposed to 2023, Biden will be better able to cope with any sudden changes and even enjoy the opportunity and challenges presented by the unforeseen events that he encounters in 2024. For Trump, he has Pluto making a two-year aspect, the in-conjunct aspect, or 150-degree aspect, to his ascendant for 2023 and 2024. The 150-degree aspect is one of adjustment and attunement of pain and suffering if one does not adjust, or renewal and healing if one does. Pluto, again, rules the will and the issue of control. And the ascendant is the manner in which we meet each moment in the eternal now. This transit indicates that Trump is experiencing a shift in all his relationships this year and next, and specifically in how he experiences the balance of power between himself and others. The test and opportunity of Pluto is always about sacred space and the will. And the question is between ever greater self-control and self-mastery in one's own life or to experience the loss of control and or or being more controlled by others because of a lack of self-control. Now, of course, Trump's special experience of himself is as being an exceptional man, an iconoclastic avatar that shatters conventions and norms. And sort of being out of control is his brand. Perhaps he will be able to master himself when needed in these two years, or perhaps he will be faced with the truth that those who fail to respect the boundaries of others will face face their own loss of self-determination. At the same time, as Pluto is forming the 150-degree aspect to Trump's ascendant, Neptune is as well. Now, that is some coincidence. And, of course, I don't believe in coincidences. (laughs) Whereas Pluto is about the will and one's self-control, Neptune is the avatar of unconditional love and sacrifice. Neptune is offering to shape Trump's experience of his relationship with himself and to others so as to incorporate a greater degree of humility and sacrifice. But if misconstrued and misapplied, 
If the spiritual message is not expressed as it can and should be, then he will amplify his experience and expression of personality to assume a greater degree of martyrdom. Whether he's able to balance his being exceptional and powerful while also making a true sacrifice, well, that will be seen in how well he understands the difference between making a sacrifice and being the sacrifice. As most of you know by now, Trump does not do humble, and he can only exist by being a winner. If he is losing, whether in the courts of law or public opinion, he will blame that upon others. Finally, Uranus, which is called the Awakener, the bringer of shocks and earthquakes, whose purpose is to bring challenging tests so that we might be freed from our self-limitations and grow into our fuller potential, Uranus is reaching a signature position in Trump's chart. Uranus in 2024 is moving over Trump's midheaven, over the point of destiny, and into the 10th house of one's public life. Uranus, in a way, is Trump's planet, as he is born with Uranus rising before his sun, and it is the highest planet and place in his 10th house. Trump is an icon breaker, and his not-so-secret power is that he's not faking it. He is an unstable, unpredictable, and shocking person. But for any individual, whenever a planet reaches the midheaven, you have reached a moment of reaping what you have sown. And it is not at all certain what will happen. Normally, with Uranus, what you expect is not at all likely to happen. You get the unexpected instead. When Uranus reaches the 10th house of an individual, it will indicate the time that they must now break through to a fuller, truer experience of their public life. Uranus brings change, and it is rarely a gentle transition from one form into another, and most individuals describe the experience as shocking. Since it has reached Trump's house of his path and purpose, but we must also remember that his path is to be an icon breaker, perhaps he will have to react or act in even a more dramatic manner than ever before. Perhaps he will break through to a freer expression of whatever he is here to be, or perhaps he will face the whirlwind of his own making. Uranus is the avatar of freedom, and each of us is here to find that one true spiritual path where our greater freedom can only be made and secured by being the path for more freedom for others Okay, and as usual, I'm, my throat is dry. Oh, that's good. Um, <laughs> so um, I, I want to stress that, again, what I'm talking about here is, well, not that far, but into the future, and things will change, and things will evolve, and there are many more aspects that I'll want to talk about if these two people can uh, continue to be the contenders for the presidency in 2024, there are many things I didn't get to talk about given our limited time, 
Uh, we'd want to talk about Saturn and where Saturn is moving in both their charts, which again is significant and where Jupiter is and looking at their progress charts and where their progress moons are. There's much more to consider here that might flesh out and make more nuanced what's happening. But it, it is true that if you want to get a quick read on what's going on in someone's chart, and these planets are having some sort of influence in their chart at the time, they're the first things to go to to say what's really happening here, what's the big story uh, behind the individual or that nation at this time. So we always look at Pluto and Neptune and Uranus right away to see are they in the, in the picture. Um, and certainly, as I mentioned just now, um, for both of them and for the USA, um, there are major transits afoot. Um, so uh, as we all knew it would be, it's going to be quite a significant year. And with a lot of hope and promise with that new moon and, and changes that are afoot, um, but a lot of challenges here because it all depends on how each of us works with these energies in terms of how they will actually manifest here on the planet. Um, so with that all in mind, let me, um, let me put that away, my, my notes here, uh, and bring up um, everybody here online who's been holding for quite some time and apologize if I don't uh, call on you first in, in the right order here because I can't tell with the way the, this uh, panel works, who's first and second and third. Um, I, I think, um, let's just see, I'm probably able to just go in order here and see how it goes. So I, I'm going to call on each of you, and if you would respond with just giving me your name, we'll say hello and give me your name. Your first name is all I need. Uh, and then if you want to ask me a question about the show, that's great. We can talk more about the USA or Donald Trump or Joe Biden. That's great. Or you have a question about your own life or someone else in your life, we could take a look at their chart. I need at least the, um, their birth date and place and hopefully time to do that. Okay, so I'm calling on, and I'll, I'll mention the area code of who I'm calling on, so you have an idea if I'm calling on you. So here's someone in area code 203. Uh, you're on with Bill. Who's this? Area code 203? Hey, hey Bill. It's Hello? Pat from Connecticut. How are you? Pat. I'm fine. Okay. How are you? Good. It's been a while. Nice to talk to you. Enjoying the show. Pertinent material. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, uh, when you look at things, some things are so clear, and yet you still don't know what it means, right? It's like, I don't know how this is going to turn out, but it yeah. certainly is powerful stuff. Now, I, okay. I have several Pats and Patties here, Pat, so you'll have to excuse me. What's your birth date? Um, Mine is eleven twelve fifty three, but I'm wondering if you could um, look at a friend. Oh sure, no, that's fine. Okay, let me um, hold on. Uh, just give me a first name for them. Name is Sam. Sam. Okay, sure. Birth date is February twenty seven, nineteen sixty five. Okay. 5.11 p.m. Okay. In New Haven, Connecticut. Okay. And is there a particular question that you have or they have for me? Um, either if you see, you know, profound ch changes and opportunities for him or also I'm really... Um, smitten with him so I'd love to find out about where his 
heart is, if you can see okay. that. Okay. Sure. Well, again, and looking at an individual's chart, though I talk about those big outer planets, we always, in an individual chart, I always look at where's the progressed moon and where's that Saturn, first off, to see what's going on here. Um, and for Sam right now, and it's been true for about a year now and true for about another year, his progressed moon is moving through his seventh house of relationship and partnership. It's also moving through the sign of Pisces. Um, he's born with the moon in Capricorn, so he has an emotional nature that has been, has been somewhat constrained in life, even though he is a Pisces. He also has a cautionary energy in regard to emotional expression that can make him reserved, but also careful in terms of feelings. But right now he's wide open in terms of what he's experiencing. It's a very emotional, sensitive time where the boundaries between himself and the world and between himself and others has dissolved more readily. And so compassion, empathy, and understanding is very much enhanced. But it also can be a time since it's so transparent or numinous now, it can be a time when a person is saying to themselves, I'm really confused <laughs> also yeah. about this experience. Um, so yeah. it can be wondrous and make a person wander and wonder, but it can also make a person a little nervous because I'm just too sensitive and I'm, I'm, it scares me. Um, but yeah. it, whenever the moon's moving through that seventh house, we're being asked to adjust our patterns of relationship and partnership to realize that it's possible to renew ourselves and not react, but choose a new response to how I meet my needs and the needs of others. Now, the seventh house is, the, is equal to his first house in terms of how many planets are in it, which is they're the most filled houses of his chart. But he has the sun and Saturn and Mercury all in his seventh house of relationship. So truly, with the sun there, his fulfillment comes through relationship, through working with other people, being a consultant or advisor, or working with people. It's where he finds the greatest fulfillment. But, and Mercury there means he finds his intellectual stimulations are brought to him through his interactions with others. He needs a very intelligent friends and partnerships to satisfy him as well. But Saturn there means also he faces a test in relationship. And that's where his fear is, that he's afraid of being either overwhelmed or underwhelmed by his partnerships. Um, and that could make him try to find, navigate a place to a safety of relationship, one that's not too much or too little, but then it's not really helping him to grow and so it will fail. He needs to accept the challenge of relationship and realize that the problem is not out there, though it is, it's in here, in me. <laughs> uh, and that's why I've attracted this. So I have to work on having a better relationship to myself in order to forge a better means to relate to others. And given that this is the time when that active agent of the moon is in his seventh house, he is in this two-year period, roughly, of some of the greatest opportunity for emotional growth and relationship in his life. Okay. This is, this, yeah, this is incredible. Everything you're saying is exactly him. And um, for maybe planets and past stuff in childhood and then a marriage, um, he's in some ways very, very shut down. And this is wonderful. The last year and this year, as you say, I see phenomenal opportunities for him in, in every way starting a different, um, he's very versatile in work and he goes, 
he creates one thing and creates another and another. Um, and I'm concerned that he's not going to be brave enough to make changes. Well, I mean, that's, the, yeah, I mean, the, the, the enemy is always fear. And of course, it's based on what happened before projecting ahead, it'll happen again, or it could be even worse than before. So we many people retreat from the door opening because they don't know what's through there. And they at least are comfortable in the current level of lack right. of perfect fulfillment or less pain is better than more pain and all that. Um, right. But we're here to grow and we're here to change. And yep. And not only is the moon there now, but beginning, it's begun to be true this year, but will be there for next year and the year after. Saturn is also joining the moon in his seventh house of relationship. He's having a Saturn return uh, next, early next yeah. year. And so yeah. the ending of the second third of his life is occurring, and the third third is about to begin. So yeah. it's the opportunity is always, and the focus is on relationship and partnership. He, he, that's where he has to be grabbing himself and saying, I, I can make a different kind of relationship, whether to a friend, to a loved one, and in my life in general. The universe is offering this to me, but I have to make the move. And, it, and um, he hopefully is getting some help and talking through his, the emotional blocks he's had in his life. Because at the same time, because <laughs> never what you want, that planet Pluto, the planet of death and rebirth, uh, the planet's going over Joe Biden's moon this year. Uh, yeah, it wasn't that it, I think, uh, it's also going over, uh, um, uh, uh, Sam's chart is Pluto is on his moon. He's also going through a catharsis emotionally where things are bubbling up. It's like a volcano breaking open and releasing its contents and things that go back to the beginnings of his life are emerging that he's having to yeah. reprocess. Very, very so if he's working, if he's working with that, no. he can repro. Yeah. Come to a new experience of that which will then break this, the patterns of old reactions and form new responses. Yeah. This guy grew up in the projects. Tough, tough, mm. tough life. Yeah. Learning how to spend your life. So no way is he going to go, you know, talk this out with someone. But I actually am hoping that me sharing myself is opening him up to consider stuff. This, I can't, right. this, go ahead. Oh, no, it's so, I, I, yeah, I mean, it doesn't have to be a therapist. It could be with a, a band of brothers or brothers and sisters and, you know, getting together yeah. and opening up and revealing their experiences and finding commonalities and telling stories. It's storytelling that heals us all. That's what we do it with a therapist right. or a rabbi minister or the, a dear friend. He needs that now because there's stuff that's, things, things are just bubbling out now. He has to have, has, needs help in processing it. Okay. This, uh, Bill, this was just so precise with every single thing you said. And I'm also going through some huge, major, unbelievable change. So I'm going to call you next week. Are you going to be on next week? Okay. I, I don't believe I, No, next week I've got to be away. I've got family obligations. But I'll be back hopefully in a couple of weeks. And you can always just call okay. me directly if you want. And, you know, that's, that's fine. Just give me a holler, okay? okay? Okay, great. Okay, Pat. Great. Thank you so much. Lovely to uh, sure, hear your show again. Okay, thank you so much. Okay, I'll talk to you later. Thank okay, you. Okay, bye. God bless. Bye-bye. Okay, and uh, next in line, um, someone in 928 area code. You're on with Bill. Who's this? Good morning, Bill. Hello? This is Catherine. This is Catherine. Oh. 
Hi there, Catherine. I, I, I definitely hi recognize there, your Bill. voice. Hi, hi there. It's been a How while. Are you? Uh, you, <laughs> you've got my birthday, uh, May 14, 1953, at 9.58 a.m., okay. New York sure. City, okay, New yeah. York. I, yeah. yeah, I see it here. I, I keep all my blog talk radio callers in a certain folder, so when I just go to the show, I just open the folder up, and so hopefully they're all there if, they're, <laughs> if they've called before. So there you are. I've got you. So what can I do for you today? Hi, it's been months since I connected with you, but all is well. I just was wondering if you, uh, if anything pops out at my chart at this time, like uh, the position of the progressed moon, and if you mm-hmm. see anything else. And uh, then I had a question about the solar eclipse. Okay. Um, well, in terms of the progressed chart, it's not just that for you this year, um, because this doesn't happen as often. People don't know this necessarily. But not only is your progressed moon um, moving through that sixth house now, which it moved into in the end of May, let's say June 1, 2023, but this is, and it's moving to the sign of Sagittarius as it does so. Um, mm-hmm. and, but it will change signs, it will move into Capricorn. In December of 2023, we could talk about that. But this was the year that your, I believe it's this year. Let me just look and make sure I'm not jumping the gun here. Emmy, that's there. When did it happen? Um, Maybe it was the previous year. You also have your progressed son um, moving through Leo now, which is, you know, Quite, you know, that's a big change. I mean, it's a very big change. Um, doesn't that mm-hmm. happen less frequently? Let's put it that way. The sun changes every 30 years. So it's been there for not uh, quite a year yet. So it, and so, um, so yeah, it probably was the beginning of, uh, end of last year. Um, but still, with the moon and move now in your sixth house of health and healing, of making the needful adjustments we all have to make to deal with the world around us on all levels, uh, we have our patterns right. of meeting our needs and the needs of others that are functional but could be better met. And sometimes because the world is changing, or certainly we are changing, we have to adjust our routines and habit patterns and dietary patterns and exercise patterns and work, all, all of the above. So when the moon is right. in the sixth house, Catherine, it says focus on healing. Focus on making Great. adjustments within and around yourself. So if you knew you were maybe eating too much of certain things or not enough of another or moving too much or moving too little or living in conditions that were not supportive, they would catch up to you now. And so it says time to change. Um, And if you were already on a good path, then it doesn't take you off of it. It just says this is a time where just pay more more, uh, attention to the linkages between the physical body, the emotional body, the mental body, and the spirit body. They're all, they're all working together. And when one gets off, the others get affected. Okay. Um, so okay. deal with the whole person. That's what you're doing. Okay. Absolutely. And, and what about okay. that progressed sun uh, every 30 years? I mean, uh, you, you were saying earlier the sun is the self, correct? Right, right. So when you were about six and a half, seven years old, your son would have progressed into the next sign of Gemini. Then for, uh, then for 30 years, it was in Gemini. 
Uh, and now, and then for 30 years, <laughs> it was in oh, cancer. I see. And, I see. And, and so for just this last, you know, three quarters of a year or so, it's been in the sign of Leo. And so each one holds that vibration. So Taurus, you'll always be motivated through the Taurus need for this attention to value and, and building lasting values and living by lasting values. But you went through a very uh-huh. curious 30 years in that Gemini time and a time of more caring and concern about security and nurturing and giving and receiving and nurturing in the cancer phase. And now that the, the sun is in Leo, this is a time to stretch oneself for the next many, perhaps the rest of one's life, in terms of self-realization, mm-hmm. self-expression, and creativity, now come to the fore. Oh, floor. I see. Okay. Great. Great. Yeah. All right. Very interesting. Uh, and I'll just make this quick, because I know there's a lot of people listening. With the sure. ring of fire eclipse, uh, I live in Florence, Oregon, on the Oregon coast, so it's going right over my head. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. <laughs> my question is, when you are in the path of the eclipse, does it intensify for you? Is it well? It, 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 people get all wigged out about eclipses because back in the day, no one knew what was going on, and people could predict them, so they were seen as wizards and whatever. But it's just really showing the alignment of the sun and moon and earth that we all are in this great dance with one another. But it, it is said to be when it aligns up in one's own chart it activates that element for the next six months. The eclipse is occurring at 21 degrees of Libra. So anybody who has Libra at 21 degrees or roughly there is going to be affected. And you actually have two planets at 21 degrees of Libra. That, that is where you have your Saturn-Neptune conjunction. And so you oh, would find right. the particular effect of this, this eclipse affecting your home the roots of your life and where you come from, because that's where your Saturn and Neptune are located, and also affect how I deal with manifestation, because Neptune is about the dream and Saturn's about reality, and people with strong mm-hmm. <clears throat> Saturn-Neptune alignments like you do um, <clears throat> have a particular role to play in, um, in manifesting. Um, so it's going to activate right. that more strongly. All right. Well, that's fascinating, and thank you so much. You're very welcome. You're very welcome. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll turn to the next person, okay? So I'll talk to you later. Thank okay? you. Sure, Thank okay. You so Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, um, let's go to the next one in the line. And again, I apologize if it's out of order here. Area code 305, you're on with Bill. Who's this? Hi, Bill. It's Deanna. How are Hello. you? Oh, I'm fine. Can, Hi, Deanna. I, How are you? I'm glad you're fine. Uh, I'm wondering about also the eclipse and any mm-hmm. transits that you see that could be significant for me. Thank you for your show. I'm so happy you're doing one today. Sure, sure. No, it's been a busy summer, so I was not able to get to it because other things took priority, but mostly my clients and then also personal matters in the family and whatnot. But, you know, here I am um, for, for the eclipse, um, as opposed to um, the previous caller, um, you don't have a planet in that degree of, of Libra, but the eclipse will be taking place in a certain house of your chart. 
Um, and it's in that second house of values and resources, my talents and abilities, and in our kind of a culture, our money and income, which just makes it a particularly strong focal element to keep an eye on during the next six months. Does, but it doesn't cause harm or blessings there. It just activates that house and sort of lights it up. So without it wow. touching a planet per se, it's more important to look at what are the trends that's taking place in the chart for you um, to see what may be happening. Um, and I guess the, the most important, if I go up and down the list here, um, the most important influence you've been contending with this year, I would say, would be the fact, and it's continuing, is that Saturn transit over your Mars, which, again, has been the theme of the whole year. Saturn opposite your Mars in early 2023 and then spring, summer 23, and one more time here in the fall of 2023. Um, so you're not out from that influence yet. And so the, the word for your life this year has been the message of patience because there will be delays and obstacles thrown in my path that can cause annoyance. Uh, and I shouldn't let it get to me. I should shrug it off and just knuckle down and find another way or just wait it out because there's, you know, I, I, I nothing I can do about it. It's going to take time. And so, um, but when we're facing obstacles and delays and our frustration and pressure grows upon us from within and without, it does wear us down. And so you need to do whatever are your best techniques for releasing and alleviating stress symptoms and stress uh, effects in your life. Um, some people get moving to get rid of stress. Some people become very gentle and go for massages or soak in a bath to get rid of stress. But whatever you do, and it could be more than one approach to relieve stress in your life, you need more of it this year because um, that is the principal you know, danger in your chart and the opportunity that it's affording you, because there's always a plus side to it, is that it's showing us for any of us going with Saturn Mars, clearly this isn't working. Something is here. I'm trying to get from here to there. I can't get there. So either I shouldn't be going there. That's not the goal anymore. Or clearly I can't get there this way. So I need to find another way to accomplish my ends and reach my desires. But this is the year of, of dealing with some greater or lesser degree of frustration. Okay. And, and that won't, and, and, yeah, the cycle will end. Uh, but not until we get to early 2024. So it was very strong in the spring of 2023, strong in the summer of 2023. One could argue that it's a little less as we go through the early part of the fall here. But once we get to late fall and through to the early winter of 2024, the pressure would be there again. Now, often the third pass, we've learned lessons from the first two. And so the third pass is less difficult. We've understood it, we've figured things out, and so we can sort of shrug it off or get through it, knowing it's the last time. But it still is saying you've got to watch your energy um, and watch being injured, because that's the thing. If we hold intention and frustration, our body's not flowing, it gets rigid, then without knowing it, we're setting ourselves up for a injury or fall or tearing a muscle or breaking a bone. Those things tend to happen when Saturn's touching Mars. So we've got to be careful. It has okay. happened. Uh, I, I've seen it. Uranus, which you uh, spoke about 
with uh, the president and Mr. Trump is yeah. in a difficult situation for me? Uranus um, is moving through Taurus, which is opposite to your sign in Scorpio. Um, and it isn't, it isn't, um, it is making, how can I put this? It was making an earlier contact to your own, to your Pluto, the ancient, the new ruler of Scorpio. But the aspect that Uranus is making this year actually is to itself. Um, and the first time it happens, this aspect, it's the, it's the waning semi-square. So the first time it happens for most of us is we're about 10, 11 years old. And so it's, I mean, we don't even know uh, for the most part. But at this point in our life, um, what we're doing is we're being reminded again that um, we have to, um, we're being shook up, as it were, uh, about the question about freedom or the lack thereof. Uh, we want to be freer. Who doesn't? but I'm experiencing things that are circumscribing or limiting my freedom, whether they be physical limitations or social limitations or financial limitations. Um, and I'm frustrated over my lack of freedom. And of course, if I can get frustrated and then act on that frustration, I could hurt myself or cause more trouble. I need to realize that freedom comes from within and finding spiritual freedom is the only way to find freedom. Um, and I need to sort of um, let go of that attachment to what is causing my experience of the loss of freedom and focus on the areas of life where I can continue to grow and pursue and feel some measure of freedom in my life. Um, so this is typically hits people when they're in their 70s, uh, like you are. And so we're all of us, because I'm there too, we're all just experiencing the joy of being older and wiser, but also some challenges are coming along that are not so joyful. <laughs> and we're, we're having to, we're trying to grapple with this. Now, I'm, I'm grateful for the physical form I find myself in, but, uh, you know, tomorrow something could happen and it all goes south and we just have less resilience and ability to recover when we're older. Um, the life force is not as strong, but still, you're a Scorpio. And if any sign has the ability to recover and renew and restore itself and be stronger than any other sign, it's Scorpio. And, and most Scorpios, when I tell them that the strongest sign, they go, oh, that's great. That's good. They don't pause to think, why am I the strongest sign? <laughs> and, and then if they want to know, we say, well, it's because you'll need it. Because a Scorpio's life is one of facing, facing the ultimates. Uh, Scorpios are the strongest because you need to be the strongest. Right. It's it's a very strong sign because it needs to be strong. Okay? uh, One last question, and I'm going to try to write you tonight. Uh, Do you see an operation for me this year? I'm really concerned about that, but uh, I'm also concerned about life where I'm living, residence. So it's all Mm -hmm. together, all at the same time. It's really hard to deal with, like you said. Pressure. Yeah, um, it's there's it, again. There's no good time for surgery. People often tr- call up and say, "I need to do a surgery." When's a good time? I say, "No, it's the least best time. The least the least worst time to do it is when you want to pick because there's no good time for surgery. Um, if a person is going to need some kind of work done, we try to find dates that are most supportive to the process of healing and recovery. Of course and avoid certain dates for the surgery. But to predict when a person is going to need surgery, there are certain years that, yes, that would stand out. 
um, you do have now the ancient, the new, the new ruler, the deepest ruler for Scorpio Pluto now moving through your sixth house of healing and health. And that could be an indicator that some big transformational work will need to be had by you in the next period of time. It doesn't say exactly when, um, but it would be a renewal and a healing that you'd be going through if that was the indicator we're looking at here for this. Um, but I would so have said much. actually in your chart that, that the last several years, more 20, 2019 and 20 and 21 and 22, those were the years that both the progressed moon and the transiting Saturn together were working, moving through your sixth house of health and healing. And those clearly were years where health was topic one, two, and three. Um, and they've both moved out of that space now. So it is not as strong an indicator as it was for you in the last several years as it is right now. Okay. Thank you. I hope I can talk to you privately very, very, very soon. I'm going to write you. God bless you. Okay. And okay, great. great. Thank I'll you talk for to you later. Okay. You're very you. welcome. Okay. Bye. Okay. Bye. Um, maybe we can get one more in here. Let's see. Um, area code 530. You're on with Bill. Who's this? Hi, Bill. This is Annie. How are you? Annie. Oh, hi, Annie. I recognize Hi. your voice too. Um, you have my chart on the, <laughs> yeah, the radio I, blog thing. I I it's, think I do. Let me just see. Uh, yes, Annie, you're the April eighth person, correct? Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Uh, thank you so much for today. Are you by any chance going to do um, Kennedy's chart by any chance? I I I I'm, I wanted to focus on what seemed to be the the most obvious candidates that will be there at the end of this show, at the end of the of, yeah. the of the season of the politicking. But I, I might I might look at other. I, I actually was thinking a few weeks ago I do all the Republican candidates just to look at the range of the other contenders first. And some other client talked to me and says, No, no, just do the you know Trump and Biden. I said, Okay. Um, so they sort of persuaded me to start off with the two top contenders, and I may I may work through different people and look at them. I like looking at charts and seeing what they say. But um, yeah. well, we'll see. So okay. what can I do for well, you? Well, I, I heard you talking about the solar eclipse. I know we have one coming in October, but there's a, a total solar eclipse in April, and it's on my birthday, April 8th in 2024. Yeah, and, and that, yeah that's the one that I'm the more one you're focused upon. <laughs> well, no, no, that, that, well, that, well, the, no, the, no, I'm talking about this one, um, the one coming up here in, um, in uh, October 14th. But okay. the big one, and it is a big one in April, the reason being is that it is I connected to what happened in the, the total eclipse in August of 2017. One mm-hmm. went across the U.S. from the southeast to the northeast. And, it, and maybe this, I forget which one is which. And one goes from the northwest to the southeast. And so they form a sort of an X right across the middle of America. And that X lo- is located in southern Illinois. And I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> but but it's, I suppose the X marks the spot. But something oh. <laughs> I think is kind of interesting that in the course of these seven years, we've having two big total eclipses arch through the U.S. and sort of bisect it. Um, so I am I am wondering what that might indicate. But that's not until you know um, next year. And again, interesting. It's in that pivotal year we're going to be going through in 2024. So we'll mm-hmm. see. Um, but anyways, um, I forget what degree that one is at. I could certainly figure that out. I don't have it written down here because it's from an earlier broadcast. But um, but anyways, I, I, could, I could actually look at 
eclipses, because that's something I can do here, and just bring them all up, um, and then pick the one we're looking at here, which I'll keep, I'll stay on just with you if I, I do this. Just thought it was curious that it was oh. right on my birthday, so I was like, ooh, is my head going to pop off that day or what? <laughs> well, well, let me, let me, let me look at, uh, so it's 2024, and there we go, April, here we go, okay, and I want to view that, and then... Look at that in regard to your chart. Um, hold on. There we go. Got to grab them both. Come on. Uh, one and two. Okay, good. <laughs> there we go. Uh, did it. And so, yes, the eclipse is going to be at 19 degrees of Aries, just, just about 30 minutes away from your sun. And, of course, your sun is in that seventh house. And, and so this would highlight for the next six months on that date, April 8th, the, the experience of relationship and partnership. Um, and depending upon other factors and looking at the transits and what have you, but certainly that would mean there's some kind of release of energy that could profoundly affect your experience or understanding of relationship in your life that begins on or about that date and for the next six months you're dealing with the effects of. Now, what's interesting about that is that the planet Neptune um, has begun moving now through your seventh house of relationship. And that's going to be there for quite a few years, but it's just begun that journey now. So already Mm. there is a very powerful influence sweeping through your house of relationship um, as Neptune makes that move here in 23 and now firmly in 24. Um, so I would, I would have been talking in your chart anyways about, oh, look what's happening here in 2024. You're having the planet Neptune, which is mm-hmm. in its own sign, move, mm-hmm. into the sign, move into your house, the house of relationship, which is ruled by the sign of Pisces, since that's what you have there. Um, and depending upon a person's level of experiencing relationship to that point, it can prove to be uh, the elicitor of sort of an awakening of a new understanding about unconditional love and my relationships in my life. Um, So I've seen people with that Neptune transit, which you're having this year, but it continues next year, have the most wondrous experiences in relationship and a profound encounter or encounters are had. I've had others who, because it was what they needed, experienced this dissolving and loss and letting go of relationships because that's what they needed. Um, Mm -hmm. It doesn't bring romance and great love, but it can certainly clear the decks for oneself and bring a new heightened awareness of what true love does or means to me. I I think that rings true. Yeah, I think that's encouraging and helpful for me to just keep um, digging in, you know, relationships are everything <laughs> else. We'd live off the grid well, and be by well, ourselves. So um, well, you have, yeah. you have the sun in the seventh house also. So yes, relationship is everything. <laughs> it's everything, uh, or at least in my world, I guess. Um, even is. though there's well, not I'm, one I'm, uh, significant yeah. one, I guess we could always improve on our relationships. Right. Uh, again, yeah, it's, it's tricky because, you're an Aries, which is the sign of self-assertion, and yet you have on your you have the sign of selflessness on your house of relationship. So it's tricky balancing those things out. How to be self-assertive in non-self-centered ways? <laughs> okay, <laughs> is, that's is a always good way the to... challenge. 
Yeah. That, that's the challenge oh, for all of us. Oh, gosh, I love the way you said that. That was perfect. Um, okay. But that's but that's 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 the goal for all of us. But it's particularly a goal for you being you're the first sign of the zodiac, and yet here your son is in the house of others, and you've got the house of self, the sign of selflessness on that house of others of relationship. So it all, I mean, the story of our who we are is really clear if you know how to read a chart. It's all right there, but um, yeah, you have, to, you have to know it. Anyways, um, this was great. Well, was talking to you, you are so, a master so. of that, and so thank you for shedding your gifts on all of us and help us understand the alignment of our own stars. That's perfect. Thank you so much. Well, it was great talking with you, and I'll be back hopefully in the next few weeks. I won't be back next week, but maybe the week after, the week after that. And I'll keep in mind Oh, and the, I hope, the different I hope people. you feel like doing Kennedy's chart. That would be awesome. <laughs> okay, okay. Why, 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 do you, why in particular do you want to look at his chart? To see anything in particular? I am so drawn to his energy and the legacy of the Kennedys, and I'm doing a lot of research on that right now. And okay. it's just, out of all of the candidates, that's what makes like the sun in my heart feel strongest. Okay. Well, there may be a reason for that. We'll take a look, and I'll see what yeah. kind of energy he's here channeling and what's, what's being made use of in terms of the current picture as well. Okay. Uh-huh. Good. Mm. Uh, all right. Okay. Thank all right. you. Thank you, Take Bill. care. You're very welcome. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Okay, everyone. I'll be back hopefully in a couple weeks or a few weeks uh, to do another show, and we'll see what the topic may be then. But until then, I wish you all the very best, and uh, have a good day. Bye for now.